This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. This is our post-game edition, and this will be our post-game mailbag. Saints 16, Titans 15. That score just looks weird. <laughs> it's just not a score you get to uh, very easily. I doubt it's a score Gami, but... You know, it's probably not a very common one. First things first, Marco Hernandez over here. We're going to dive in the mailbag, but he does want me to mock Nick Wright because he's just loud and angry and mean about the Saints because he knows that people get all worked up about it. I've decided I'm just not going to reply to him anymore on Twitter uh, because, you know, that's, all, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to, trying, to, trying, to be, trying to be annoying. But, you know, I think, I think the, the NFC South actually... Uh, uh, handled itself pretty well today. They've been the punching bag, right? This, the NFC South has been the punching bag of every national broadcast, of every division out there being like, ah, rah, rah, rah. it's kind of like the old NFC West. Remember back when the Seahawks won it with a losing record? We don't need to get into what they did in the playoffs. But, you know, the, the Bucs, Bucks won. Bucks beat the Vikings. Good for them. I don't know how. I don't think I have to go back and watch what happened there. But man, if you're a Vikings fan, whew, that's gotta be that's gotta be it's gotta be painful. It's gotta be painful. The only NFC South team that lost today lost in a matchup to another NFC South team. I think the Panthers lost to the Falcons. So the NFC South went three and one when they only lost kind of a cannibalized game because you can't go the, the whole division can't go undefeated when they play each other. That's just, you know, that's that's math. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if if you're uh, an NFC South truther, then uh, you feel pretty good. Nick Wright's an idiot. So I don't I don't really care what he said. Um, he's still he's still trying to do the math. But let's let's go on to uh, let's go on to some other things. Brian, Tanya, I think you hit the nail on the head here. <laughs> which is, I don't care how crappy the win is. It's a win. And and yes, there's a there's another one. Let's see. That was similar that I want to, that I'll highlight. Uh, Maybe I didn't, but someone basically said this game. Oh, here it is right here. Last son of Odin says you knew playing the Titans was going to be a rock fight. Take the win and move on. Exactly. This was always going to be an ugly game. There was no way around it. (laughs) You had to just find a way. And that's what the saints did, right? Like there was, you know, that first half, they couldn't block anybody. They couldn't run the ball, couldn't get any time for Derek Carr. The defense was showing up. The defense was causing havoc. They gave up some yards in the middle of the field, but they never surrendered anything in the red zone. They were constantly getting after Ryan Tannehill. They they caught, they forced three turnovers. They forced three interceptions. One of them was Isaac Adams patting the ball down to Marcus May. They didn't have three. They didn't get their third interception last year until week 13. 
They had three a day. And, you know, I, I, I think it, there's a mentality here, right? They've been very vocal about forcing turnovers, about that being an emphasis. They're not going to settle for just tackling. They're going to scrape the ball. They didn't force any fumbles today, but those will come and, Oh man, doesn't doesn't football just feel like a much easier game when when the turnovers are there, right? Uh, they won the they I think they won the turnover margin. Uh, it's it's tough because that one at the beginning, yeah, I think they won it three to two. Let's see, yeah, they did. They won it three. They won it three to two, and you know that's the difference in the game, right? I mean, it, I don't know. It's uh, it was an ugly game. You won it. You move on. If they can win nine ugly games this year, I'm happy. I don't need 40 to three wins, although it would be nice to have one of those thrown in so so we can at least celebrate something exciting. All right. It's free mind here with a, uh, what I would say, kind of a mind brain, a galaxy brain kind of idea. Elante Taylor played bad. Now, I understand why, you, why you'd say this. I think Elante Taylor had a couple moments where you were like, man, he looks lost. And I think that he was at points. Remember, he's not a slot corner. This is a new position to him. And it's not one that he spent a ton of time at throughout camp. He was competing on the outside with Paulson Adebo and taking third team slot corner reps. He wasn't even taking backup reps. That was Ugo Amadi. Because you knew he was going to be the backup, uh, and Bradley Roby was in those first team reps. That was my only great major issue with them moving on from Bradley Roby. Is you waited way too long to do it. If you were going to move on from him, you why weren't you getting Alante Taylor those first team reps so that when he got into Week One he'd be ready? And so instead, you kind of have this trial by fire here, and you saw a guy who I think is getting better, but he's still the instincts are a little raw. Again, I, I think there was that again, I'll point to that play where he tried to undercut the ball. And it's not I don't I don't hate the idea. I don't hate the idea of being a ball hawk there. I think he could have got there, but he took a bad angle and he lost track of the receiver. If he just shadows the receiver, right, and plays his hands, then he can go for the ball and worst case scenario, knock it away. The way he went for it just set up a huge play. And I think I can't remember who got back to make that tackle, but thankfully they did. You know, it, you're gonna take the good with the bad. With Alante. Now, remember, I mean, everyone talks about CJ as if he was this monster slot corner his entire career. He had his struggles, particularly as a rookie. Um, like, he always struggled to cover Chris Godwin in the slot. I mean, like, there was, it's a very difficult position to adjust to. And so, you know, I, I don't think he was the best corner on the field today, but he made some big plays. Again, I'll, I'll point to that Derrick Henry tackle where he just met him in the hole and, and, and stopped him to the point that DeMario Davis could get there and clean it up. You don't see Derrick Henry get tackled for loss very often, especially not when the play is stretched out. You see Derrick Henry put his hand out and stiff arm defensive backs into the dirt. I think Marcus May was on the, was the victim of one of those in this game. And, and so like, that's, those are the type of plays that, that, that I like to see. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for effort. I'm a sucker for energy. And he brings that. Um, So I don't know, like, you're not going to be perfect, especially when you're putting a guy in a new position and, and you're asking him to learn on the job. But I don't think he played that poorly. I, uh, I'm I'm, in, I'm interested to watch the film for Alante and to kind of see. But again, the slot's a tough position to play, and I think he did fine. Marco Hernandez again. Brazil was eating up all type of tackles, and Granderson was free all game. Yeah, I thought that you know the defensive interior I have a soft spot for because I feel like they just don't get enough credit. 
because uh, they don't do stuff that gets recorded. You know, you don't get a stat for eating a double team, but that's like if you can force a double team as a defensive tackle, it's like, man, you're 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 great. You know, that's that's like what you are. They're hoping you can do is to occupy two defenders, and and it's just not a glamorous job, right? And so I thought, you know, Malcolm Roach, I thought had a solid day. Um, and Brian Brzee, you know, he's more in the pass rush part of the game, right? I know he got through for at least one uh, sack. I think that was late in the first half. You know, I, I, I'm going to have to go through and look at the tape to kind of get a good indicator of when he was on the field and, and what his snap counts were. Again, I watched this game from home. I was not at the game because I've been dealing with COVID all week. And, you know, I figured it was that was a good idea to not bring it all bring it all there in a room building with 70,000 people. Um, so I didn't get as good of as the, the look that I would have liked to from the sidelines, but I will next week. I'll be out there in Carolina, Bank of America Stadium. I'm excited to watch a football game in the open air. But no, I, I think, yeah, the defensive interior is a big part of the pass rush, even if they're not getting the credit all the time. And, and I think Brzee had a fine game. Tony Snow, you can see the potential offensively. We need to get better in the red zone or it will cost Pete his job. Mm, yes, I, I agree with that. It's when you can't run the ball, red zone offense becomes very difficult, right? Because, you know, there's just a very compressed part of the field. And if they don't have to devote five players to the line of scrimmage, you know, if they can just drop into coverage, and they and you also can't seem to protect when they rush four. Yeah, I mean, I, there's I, you can say that's on Pete. Um, I don't know what the play calls are. Like, I don't think it's a matter of calling better plays. I think it's a matter of executing. And so, to me, it's less about what happened in the game as it is about what happens in the week leading up to the game, right? Like this this needs to be better. The protection needs to be better. The run blocking needs to be better. Maybe you can scheme up some ways for that to happen, but that doesn't happen mid-game. Um, you can only call the plays on your sheet. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Pete called a fine game. You know, I give him very a lot of credit there at the end of the game because it would have been very easy to go into a shell and run the ball. When you get behind the chains, you're first and 15. I think they ran the ball. It was second and 13. They threw the ball twice. They got first downs. And that cemented that game. I think they lose that game if they punt the ball back. I really do. Because that defense had been on the field a long time. They had just surrendered a long drive. All the Vi- Titans Vikings, Titans had to do was get into field goal range. Nick Folk had gone 5-5. Five five. He's probably making it. He's got a leg. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I give Pete a lot of credit for, for having some nails there uh, at the end of the game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Time on my side. Zalave is the one receiver that said the hesitation move from Rashid was sick. You know, Derek Carr said that that was something that they were they were just messing around and did in practice throughout the week, and they actually missed it. <laughs> it didn't work. I mean, it worked to get open, but the, the, he missed it with a throw. 
but they liked it so much that they threw it in the game plan. And they were just like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll use this at some point. And they did. And it worked. I mean, Rashid, you can just see it. I mean, he's just so smooth. The way he moves. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because last year during training camp, I comped him to Chris Olave in the way that just both these guys are just so smooth with the way they can get in and out of their breaks and they can accelerate. They never look like they're running hard, um, but they're just going, you know, they never look like they're kind of idling out of second gear. But it's just very impressive. And and yeah, every time I see Rashid play, I get more and more impressed. David Weil, were you surprised that Taysom wasn't a larger part of the game plan? I would have liked to see them incorporate him in more passing sets. And by that, I mean, you know, when you can't run the ball and you put in a quarterback to, or, you know, you and you put him in there to run the ball. It's like you're you already are struggling to run the ball. Now you're projecting that you're running the ball and they have no, you know, they're just going to they're just going to go all in on it. Right. Like they they are not going to question whether you're going to run the ball. And so if you just put Jimmy Graham up the seam. Right. I would have loved to see at least one Taysom Hill throw because it's frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for Derek Carr. It's frustrating for me to watch when you put Taysom Hill in there and you try to run a stretch play and you lose four yards on first down. And then all of a sudden your quarterback goes in with one fewer down and four extra yards he has to pick up. Uh, and so, you know, I would have liked to see them at least get a little more creative, but it's week one. You're still installing to a certain extent. Like you're not at the, you're, I don't think you're at the peak of your offense in week one, especially with a new quarterback. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe Taysom is still kind of dealing with that oblique injury. He didn't miss any practice this week. He wasn't on the injury report. So he's not hurt, but that doesn't mean that he is 100%. Maybe that had something to do with it. Either way, I think, you know, I think you were trying to just get something going with Derek Carr and get the protection right and trying to do too much there, you know, maybe wouldn't have worked. But yeah, I would have, I was surprised you didn't see him more in the first half. Than, than anything else. Uh, K Moliere 504 says, I thought Williams did okay given the lackluster line. Yeah, when I, when I, I don't want to criticize Jamal Williams too much. Like, I don't think anything he did was wrong. I think it's more just the ceiling you have with him as your RB1 is real and you're going to have to block for him. And they just were not able to do that today. And I think it's just more of kind of reality setting in of like, okay, this is what the run game is going to look like. Maybe not as, as as anemic as it was today in terms of not even three yards in a cloud of dust, like one and a half yards in a cloud of dust. Um, but it's not going to be dynamic, right? Maybe Kendra Miller when he's out there can be, but I don't think we're going to see a dynamic run game until week four. Marco Hernandez says he was there. I'm feeling better now. You can probably hear in my voice. It's not not, not all the way there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was it was rough. <laughs> I was in rough shape on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but I've been I've been slowly working my way back. 504 Coast, is any word on Turner? No, we haven't got any uh, injury updates for him yet, um, but I'm sure we will shortly. WW says, should consider using Jimmy Graham more in the red zone. Yeah, we didn't really see Jimmy Graham much today. He was out there for a few snaps. I'm interested to see exactly how many snap counts he got, but definitely wasn't a big day for him. And another from WW, Saints apparently have an affinity for drafting injury-prone defensive ends. In the first round, <laughs> except for the one that they drafted in the first round that it, like literally never gets hurt, which is Cam Jordan. So before my voice completely lets me down, let's wrap this up. My name is Jeff Nowak. Thanks, everyone, for being in here. This has been our post game podcast, Saints 16, Titans 15. This is Inside Black and Gold. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow my co-host Steve Geller at Steve Geller WWL. He's currently hosting the post game show on WWL Radio. If you have any com- any more comments, hit me up. DMs are open on Twitter. Make sure to check out the latest content over at WWL.com. And again, I'm sorry for missing the episode last week. We'll be going back to our three-episode cycle, starting with this episode. This is going to be the first episode of the week, and we'll try to post Wednesday and on a preview episode on Friday, and that's going to be kind of the schedule throughout the season. Obviously, this week and any road game will have travel, so it's going to mess with some things. At least I'll have to travel, so we're going to work that out, and I'll be on the sideline next week out in Carolina. But again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. All right, y'all. Be easy. Peace. Oh, you go safe.